Welcome back to the Freedom First podcast. We are your hosts, Blaine Smotherman and Eric Hearn. This episode is brought to you in part by Jeffries Firearms Training. Shooters making shooters. For more information, contact owner Ronnie Jeffries on Instagram at Jeffries Firearms Training. Welcome. You have now entered the Freedom First podcast. Where we have conversations with some of the most interesting human beings on the planet. People who live and breathe a Freedom First mentality. Our guest today is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire, starring Tom Cruise. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive. He is the three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and the host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. His newest book, Game Time Decision Making, was a number one new release. He has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest today, Mr. David Meltzer. Thank you. Cool. Let's get to it. Awesome. So you talk a lot about kind of failure and, you know, overcoming failure. And you've had to overcome a lot of failure in your life and reaching that potential and reaching success today. So can you kind of start off with some of those failures early on in life? I know you were, um, your mother was a public school teacher, single parent. Um, so you were kind of learned that at an early age. Can you kind of go back and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's uh, that journey is why I define uh, failure as lessons, right? So it gives it a different energy, a different perspective. So I see each of the incidences that have occurred since I was five years old that other people would call mistakes or failures. To me, it's just lessons and the lessons keep on coming in my life and I keep on failing forward with those lessons. Um, but for me, you know, the biggest failures were just originally, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Uh, you know, my, in my mom's eyes, it was doctor, lawyer, or failure. So to be a professional athlete would have been to be a huge failure in my number one most important person's mind. Uh, my siblings all were hyper academics, Harvard, Penn, Columbia, summa cum laude. But I wanted to be a professional athlete and got a scholarship to college. But my very first game, I think, was my biggest failure, as you guys would call it, because I got ran over by a guy named Christian Okoye. Uh, he's the AFC player of the year the next year. But I remember laying on my back just saying, Dr. Lord, I had enjoyed the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential, which wasn't a great potential, by the way, for professional football. And I had literally failed. I knew at that moment that there's a whole nother, another level of football that my talent and my desire wasn't going to reach. Uh, so then my next failure was I was going to be a doctor and uh, I went to visit my brother who was a doctor and I learned the most valuable lesson I still use today beyond th being thankful and asking. Uh, I told my brother, I visited him in the hospital. I'm like, man, I hate this place. He's like, what place? I said, the hospital. He said, Dave, you're going to be a doctor. You're 18 years old. You're pre-med. God knows you're not going to be a professional football player. What do you mean you hate hospitals? I said, well, I'm not going to be a hospital doctor. I'm going to be a sports physician. I'm going to work on the sidelines and in locker rooms. 
I'll never have to be in a hospital. And that's where he gave me this advice that I give to everyone. Be more interested than interesting. I have so many young people, old people, middle-aged people. They haven't done the work. They haven't found out what it takes, align their skills, their knowledge, their desire to see where it's supplementary and synergistic to what they want to do. And so I started to do that at a very young age. I did go to law school to appease my mom uh, out of respect. But when I graduated, another lesson, you know, I had two job offers in a recession, one to be an oil and gas litigator, which is the sole purpose why I went to the law school I went to, because oil and gas litigators made the most money out of law school. And the law school I went to had the most oil and gas litigators graduating. But meanwhile, I took a sales job, freaked my mom out. She told me that I was going to be a failure, that the internet was a fad, the internet would never work. Nobody would ever do research on the internet. You need books to do research. And there's where another great lesson came about that uh, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. So many different times in our lives, we seek advice from people that don't know what the heck they're talking about. Uh, so I, at that moment, had realized that I better find people who are where I want to be and ask them for directions not ask people that are not where I want to be for directions because I'm going to end up where I don't want to be. Uh, meanwhile, nine months out of law school, millionaire, bought my mom a house in a car, which had good and bad tied to it. The good was that I was capable of making a lot of money to help a lot of people and was really happy. The bad thing was it was start of a terrible perception that money buys love and happiness. Because for the next 15 years of my life, money bought love and happiness, and everything I did reaffirmed it. Uh, 1995, I, we sold that company for $3.4 billion. I went up to the Silicon Valley, raised hundreds of millions of dollars, went and became the CEO of the world's first, what they then called convergence devices in 1999. I call them smartphones now today, uh, but I was the CEO of the world's first smartphone Windows device. It was a Windows CE device manufactured by Samsung. Uh, and then I ran the most notable sports agency in the world, uh, you know, representing the greatest football, baseball, boxers of all times, all the names that you can imagine. Over $2 billion in management, which back then, you know, it wasn't $2 billion in management wasn't four quarterbacks, you know, like it is today. Right. Yeah. And, right. It was a right. lot of athletes. So yeah. anyway, uh, but here's where it all kicks off, right? The greatest failure I had was two years before I lost everything and everything to me was over a hundred million dollars. And I know you guys are sitting there going, what do you mean two years before you lost everything was your greatest failure? Well, it was because that's when I learned that money doesn't buy happiness. I learned that I had lost all the values that had gotten me there. Uh, I had my dad, my mom, my best friend, Rob and my wife all stick a foot up my butt to tell me I'm lost. And I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. And uh, that uh, two years before, you know, especially with my wife, uh, she was going to leave me, told me she wasn't happy, told me I was going to end up dead. I had lied to her. I went to the Grammy Awards with Little John, lied to her, came home wasted at 530 in the morning. And I, in my mind, I thought everything was amazing and everything. But I will tell you, from the time I was 30 till the time I was 36, uh, inherently, subconsciously, I was unhappy. I was buying things I didn't need to be happy. I was buying more things I didn't need to be happy. I was buying different things I didn't need to be happy. I was buying things to impress people I didn't even like to be happy. I was an empty soul. I was shallow. And uh, those were the lessons I've learned 
in the last 15 years, I've been on a mission, as you know, to empower over a billion people right. to be happy. Which is why I wake up so early on a Sunday to talk to you guys. I'm looking for you to carry on the legacy. I'm looking for a thousand people like Blaine and Eric simply to power a thousand people in your life to empower a thousand people to be happy. That, that compound, you know, compounding and just keep on going. So when you were, you were making a lot of money, spending a lot of money, did you feel happy at the time? Or did you have to kind of step back once some of those, your close loved ones kind of started talking to you and telling you and then realize it? I, I think it was a combination. You know, I would wake up unhappy and then I would, create incidences and occurrences in my life to fulfill that unhappiness. So alcohol, drugs, buying things. And then I'd feel even worse the next day. Sure. <laughs> you know, so right. uh, I, I knew I was unhappy, uh, but I was using an artificial stimuli to create happiness, to sustain where I was at. Um, but that's what created the causes for me to lose everything. I had surrounded myself with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, the wrong habits, the wrong disciplines. I wasn't enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. I was enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of nothingness. And that's what I was going to end up with. Right. So do you think a lot of the same principles you have just in your day-to-day -day life and your business, are those the exact same or what, um, how do those play in, uh, together? Yeah. So for me, I don't separate uh, work and, and family and play. Like, I have activity I get paid for activity. I don't get paid for. Uh, I look at things a little differently than most people. I utilize time very effectively, but I live by four values, whether it's activity I get paid for or not, or I have planned or I don't have planned or my sleep. Gratitude's number one. You know, if you don't have the perspective to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything to find the superpowers in everyone, you don't get it. Two, forgiveness. Forgiveness not only brings peace, which is the main objective of your life, is to have a stress-free life, a peaceful life. That doesn't mean you're not busting your balls to get everything done and working, you know, working, I'd say working again, you know, pushing and persistence and all the aggressive being. That doesn't, peace comes from no stress, no resistance, void, shortages, obstacles, interference. So what I also have found about forgiveness, especially through the pandemic, is forgiveness not only gives you peace, but it gives you a sense of certainty. Because the closer you come to forgiving the unforgivable, the easier it is to have certainty in your life. And certainty is something nobody has. In fact, if anybody out there can tell me what's going to happen tomorrow, I, I literally know how to make billions of dollars. I'll give it all away. But call me if you know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. The third thing is accountability. So many people, especially now, live in blame, shame, and justification. I was the king of overselling, backend selling, manipulating, lying, and cheating, justifying everything in my life, blaming everybody else. But when you take accountability, you have complete control of your life. And that control will give you a sense of balance, give you a sense of confidence, give you a sense of security and focus as well that allows you to take advantage of what I call the mathematical equation of luck. Attention plus intention equals the coincidences in your life. There is no luck. You make it happen by utilizing your focus, your attention, and your intention, what you think, say, do, believe, and these unconscious competencies that you're blessed with, personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, addictions, your potential. And then finally, the last value, uh, Eric, is inspiration. Uh, one of the key distinctions that I've learned in my life is the difference between motivation and inspiration. Motivation it gets you up. 
It gets you back up, gets you started, gets you back started. Super important, but fear can motivate you. In fact, I know a lot of professional athletes, Olympic athletes. I sit on the Olympic committee. You know, they'll tell me fear motivates me. I'm like, yes, it does. It's also a soul sucker. It's not going to allow you to be inspired. The people who, the Tom Brady's of the world, the LeBron James of the world, the Kobe Bryant's of the world, they live in inspired, in spirit. Things come through them. They don't live in a world of fear where everything happens to them. They live in a world of, you know, why me, of liability. They don't live in the world I lived in when I made all that money, which I call the world of just enough, of for me, buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like. But man, if you can live with complete faith, blended with the other currency money, that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're giving everything you have, utilizing the law of Goya, get off your ass and making it happen. But having faith that you're going to end up somewhere better, you'll also live in an inspired world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone to come through you, not for you or to you like a victim, through you, giving your life away for the betterment of all in a great abundance of more than enough for everyone and everything. Awesome. So all these lessons you know, inspiring people, all these things. You learn that through failure. And I think a lot of people, kids today, they see the end product that you have and these athletes have, but they don't always see that struggle, getting up early. Um, you know, when you're broke, you lost everything. They don't always see that behind the scenes. They see the byproduct of it. And Especially on social media, right? That's right. why I highlight, illuminate, all the screw ups, I call it the dummy tax, right? I want these kids to know, look, it's not how hard, you know, literally you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep on moving forward. Just like the dumb Rocky movies that I watch. Right. It's so true. But look, every single successful person I know has had pain. And look, most people and the problem with the way the Internet works today is most people see no pain. They, they look at all these people going, oh, he has no pain in his life. No, pain is, you know, not a stop sign. Every one of those person have learned one thing like I have, that pain's an indicator. Pain's a turn signal. Pain's telling me, hey, man, you got something to learn, right? This failure, this pain, you got something to learn. And if you learn it, you're going to be in a better place, a better situation or make your situation better. Pain is simply not a stop sign. It's, to me, a motivational inspiration to move to a better place, a better position, to know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, angling to what I want and having the faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better. So to inspire 1 billion people, you know, getting up in the morning, over, talking, over, over 1 over. billion, right? Um, getting up and talking to people like us. What are some things that you are doing um, other than just to spread the message? But I know you have all kinds of projects you're working on. Um, I think you just started a new show. That, yeah. um, so talk about some of those plans, those projects to inspire over 1 billion people. Yeah. So, you know, I have a mathematical equation to it. I'm looking for a thousand people that can. And so I want to go deeper on those thousand to inspire them. So I got to give them equipment or ammo. So I have, you mentioned the podcast, the playbook, one of the yeah. top podcasts in the world. It's amazing, Taking by the, the way. <laughs> Thank you. So it not only takes all the playbooks to success, with the greatest celebrities, athletes, entertainers, billionaires, and millionaires and entrepreneurs. But I also do my free trainings on there. And I also give snippets and lessons and all those things on there as well. Then, of course, I have two TV shows to empower entrepreneurs. One is Elevator Pitch. 
And the other is my new show on Bloomberg and Amazon called Two Minute Drill. We have over $50,000 of cash and prizes every episode uh, to help inspire and motivate entrepreneurs to be creative and expand and grow at that exponential rate that you were talking about with compound interest in their life. I wrote, write books and give them away for free. So anyone can always email me for my books, my guides, my exercise, my trainings. They're all free. David at dmeltzer.com is my email. Uh, David at dmeltzer.com. I answer everything directly myself. You, you may get a cryptic answer or a cut and paste answer because I can suit it towards what you're asking. But it is me. And uh, if you question is me, you'll get an ugly video of me or something saying, hey, it is me. Um, I also speak around the world. You know, I do interviews every day. Uh, I provide as much content as I can on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, even TikTok. Um, wherever you want, you want to learn the lessons. Let me pay your dummy taxes, my basic message. I can't pay your state and federal taxes for your life, but I can pay your dummy tax. And my dummy tax is far more uh, than my other taxes all combined. So let me pay your dummy tax. Let me be that person to give you directions on where to be. If you want to be in a place where you make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun, and most importantly, you're happy every day. I'm not happy all day, but I'm happy every day. I just spend minutes and moments in misery, minutes and moments in misery. That's it. I learned to practice ending fear. I'm a ferocious Buddha, but I am happy the majority of every day. If you want to learn how to do that, david at dmeltzer.com. There you go. People. Awesome. We appreciate you, David. Um, the last question I have for you is just something that I kind of struggle with, and it's the discipline aspect. Um, how do you stay so disciplined in what you do? Practice. So I have five practices real quick for everyone. I think discipline is my greatest superpower that I'm capable of enjoying. I mean, I'm happy doing every day to without quit t- towards what I want. So what does that mean? Here's how you do it. Number one, lower the bar. Don't don't try to do anything that you can't do every day. That's the, no, that's the biggest misnomer that people do. It's like, I want to be disciplined. I'm going to run a marathon every day. You can't run a marathon every day, right? So go ahead, run a half a mile one day, a mile one day, 10 miles one day, go back to a half a mile, but run every day. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. So lower the bar and then know your what every day. So ask yourself, what do I want personally? What do I want experientially? experientially? What do I want giving-wise to be productive and give to other people? And what do I want to receive? And when you know what you want, don't be afraid of being a hypocrite, especially at your age, Blaine and Eric, and telling people, you know what? I don't want to be a doctor. I didn't know that doctors had to be in hospitals. I want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to be a sales guy. I want to make lots of money. I don't want to do that. Don't be afraid. Know your what every day. Take inventory of your values every day. Then secondly, know your who. Notice I haven't said why at all. The why will come later. Know your what, know your who. Do spend your 80% of the time finding people who already have your what and asking them for it or to help you get it. And so if you want to know how to do it, just write this question down. Do you know anyone that can help me? In person, on the phone, via email and media, traditional and, and social. Do you know anyone that can help me? So know your what, know your who, Now, know your how. In other words, be a student. Pay attention to the values that you have at the beginning of the day. Give intention to it. Get off your ass, the law of Goya, and the coincidences will happen. Study the stuff you have planned. 
Studying the stuff you don't have planned, meaning the empty space. Use your time wisely and study your sleep. My tomorrow starts today. I warm up for my sleep by having an unwinding routine. My tomorrow starts at 9 p.m. tonight, knowing that I'm going to utilize the subconscious and unconscious connectivity of my sleep so I plateau and grow. Most people live their life like Camus wrote in The Stranger, like the myth of Sisyphus. They push a boulder all day long up to the top of the hill. And then the next morning, it's at the same place, the bottom of the hill. Plateau and grow. Use the how. Then for be the now. What, who, how, and now. What does that mean? Do it now. 100% of the things you do now, get done. The difference between successful, disciplined people and other people is successful, disciplined people get things done. If you can't do it now, put it into your calendar for later in the day or the next day or the next week or the next month according to importance. Use Roosevelt's matrix of importance versus urgency to decipher according to your values that you take inventory of every day what's important to you. And then finally, as I mentioned earlier, get into the practice. The best practice for discipline is to practice ending fear. Identify what you're afraid of, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, angry, guilty, resentful, all those different feelings you get in your own way when you're not disciplined. Look, I work out every day and I've worked out on and off since I've been very, very young. And there's not been one workout I've ever done that at the end of it, I said, man, I wish I didn't do that. Not one, not one workout that I ever at the end of it go, that was stupid. That yeah. sucked. But I can tell you about 90% of them, I questioned myself whether I wanted to do it at the beginning. So get out of your own way. Identify what you're afraid of. Then stop. Breathe through your nose, out through your mouth. Drop to your higher center of neutrality and roll to what you want according to your what, your who, your how, and your now. And I promise you, you will institute discipline at a compound rate. Just like Einstein talks about, it will double every two, 72 segments when you compound something daily. Remember, if you don't do it daily... You're going to zero yourself out. You start back. X to the zero exponential is one. You start back at step one. You're living the myth of Sisyphus all over again. So, guys, lower the bar. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. Have your routine. Have an adaptable routine. Know your values, your what, your how. If you're what, your who, your how, and your now. And practice any fear. You can empower other people these same things. Reach out to me if you want uh, notes on this, exercises, guides. Yeah. I know I speak quickly. So david at dmelter.com if you need anything. Awesome. And a couple little things at the, towards the end. As we end this podcast, what would you leave, whether it's young people, people going into the business, you've already talked about a few different things, but what would you leave them with? Three things. One, say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. Two, ask you can't out-ask the universe. Ask, you know anyone that can help me. Ask, 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 ask. Um, and then three, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Be thankful, ask, and be kind. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, David. That's very Thank powerful. You. Everything you've said has been awesome. And I'm definitely going to come back on this podcast and take notes. And I appreciate you so much. And, where, you, and guys. where can our listeners uh, reach you at? I know you've already said it, but just... Right on. David at dmeltzer.com is my email. At David Meltzer. Google David Meltzer. I actually have a David Meltzer search engine. You can find everything at search.dmeltzer.com. Please reach out. I'm here to be of service. Leverage all the dummy tax and relationship capital I have, especially if you're young. No, guys, my age, we, it's the biggest compliment in the world when you reach out and ask for help. Yeah. And 
you know, so a couple of times you reached out to us on um, Instagram and asked how you could be of service to us. And I think it was two years ago, I was dialoguing with, um, or I'd emailed you and you had someone get back to me and you guys sent my entire uh, class, um, middle school class, um, copies of your book. So I appreciated that. And after that, I started just like, I was listening to all your um, episodes on your podcast and it was just incredible. So I appreciate you being of service um, to as many people as you could reach. Well, just wait till all those middle school kids become teachers themselves and tell you how much of an impact that you've had on their lives and how they're going to have an impact on other people's lives because of what you playing and what you Eric, are doing. So don't forget that. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going on Instagram with my 10 year old if you want to join us. All right. I'm awesome. All right. Appreciate all right, over. Thank, Thank you, you, David. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. We appreciate you and your support of the show. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave feedback on Apple Podcasts.